Hello and welcome to All Gospel No Germs. You can follow us on Twitter or email us at allgospelnogerms at stlukesholbeck.org.uk. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, this is a sermon preached by our reader Barbara Hardy on Trinity Sunday, based on Matthew 28, verses 16 to 20, and the reading was given to us by Sue Richardson. So our reading today is Matthew 28, starting at verse 16. The eleven disciples went to the hill in Galilee, where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, even though some of them doubted. Jesus drew near and said to them, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Go then to all peoples everywhere and make them my disciples. Baptise them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you and I will be with you always to the end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be, Thanks to, God. be to God. Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome this morning. Um, I was going to start off by asking if you knew what this Sunday was, but Alistair has uh, answered that question for you. It is, of course, Trinity Sunday. And uh, I have to say that uh, most preachers' hearts sink when they find themselves on the rotor for preaching on Trinity. Sunday, including uh, myself, um, and that's because for years, well, not no, actually centuries, uh, scholars have been debating what exactly we mean by saying that God is three in one, the Holy Trinity. And there have been lots and lots over the years of um, modern metaphors about things that are three in one and one of my favorites is the whole water thing where water is solid as ice and liquid as water and gas as steam or there's the fact that you might regard us as three in one as we human beings are made up of body mind and spirit and those are those are good metaphors but they're a bit limited when it comes to explaining the mystery uh, the wonder of the fact that our God is three in one. So why can't we just leave it like that? Why can't we just leave it to the scholars and the theologians to continue uh, debating about the nature of God? Why do we as disciples of Christ need to understand what this all means? Well, in today's reading, we're given what's sometimes called the Great Commission, which is Jesus' final command to his disciples as he ascended into heaven. And that command says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So the very foundation of our faith the things that we, we preach to make disciples of other people is the name of the Holy Trinity. So rather than trying to explain things in terms of theology, which is frankly beyond me, I've taken a very familiar prayer that we use regularly in our church services and in our smaller meetings as well. And that comes originally from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians in chapter 13 and verse 14. 
May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So we're going to explore quite briefly, I'm afraid, because I'm uh, obliged to keep this, uh, this sermon to a short, shorter time than usual. Let's have a look at the three persons of the Trinity as um, established in this, what we call the grace. What's meant by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ? Well, the Greek word that Paul uses is the word charis, which simply means a gift. What Jesus offers is a free gift. When I was a young Christian, we had a little uh, acronym of grace as God's riches at Christ's expense. And that's very true. God paid the price for us on the cross. As Isaiah himself uh, prophesied, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. But it's actually even more wonderful than that. Because this gift of grace is a free gift. It's not given only to those who deserve it, but to those who don't deserve it. Jesus is not like some Father Christmas figure who only brings presents to those who are on the nice list and nothing at all to those who are on the naughty list. Because let's face it, we are all on the naughty list. As Paul says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But Paul also says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Grace that is, is a gift that is given without regard to the worth of the person who receives it. We don't have to be good or clever. We don't have to belong to the right social group. We don't have to do anything to receive grace. It's a free gift for everyone. So when we make disciples in the name of the Son, in the name of Jesus. We offer that free gift of grace to those who don't deserve it, to those who feel they're not worth it, to those the world might despise, to everyone who needs it. Jesus offers the free gift of grace. So let's move on to the love of God. How can we describe the love of God. Well, I have to quote my favourite author, C.S. Lewis, who says, Love is something that one person has for another person. If God was a single person, then before the world was made, he was not love. Christians believe that the living, dynamic, active Love has been going on in God forever and has created everything else. So the love of God is not a warm feeling. It's not an emotion at all. It is something active, something dynamic, something creative. And if we're to make disciples in the name of the Father, then we must not only preach that active, dynamic love, we must also display it. And I want here to insert a little bit of a personal comment. Uh, last time I preached, um, I was telling you that you ought to read your Bible more often. 
And in the following week after I'd preached that, I was challenged as to whether I was following my own advice. And it was brought even more home to me when, you know, being stuck at home, uh, being shielded, I watched quite a lot of television and I was watching The Merchant of Venice, Shakespeare. And in that, Portia spoke this line. It is a good divine that follows his own instructions. I can easier teach 20 what were good to be done than to be one of the 20 to follow my own teaching. So when I say that we must love as God loves, I'm talking to myself as much as to anybody else. And just to make us feel good about ourselves, to be honest, at this present time, I think we are. I think we are loving each other as God loves us. We're actively reaching out to people and serving our community in all sorts of ways. We're creatively exploring new ways uh, to, to worship and to learn about our faith. And I, I really could go on and on about the, the things that we are doing that reflect that active love of God. But my time is getting away from me and I have to move on, however briefly, to the third uh, person of the Trinity, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Now, our first clue about what the fellowship of the Holy Spirit means is in the Greek word. It's koinonia, and it means communion or partnership or participation. Of course, at the moment, we're missing out on the communion bit and I know many of you including myself are really missing that way of coming together uh, to share that meal uh, uh, which reminds us so much of what Christ has done for us but I love those words partnership and participation when we're Christians, we're given the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I know there's been lots of debates about how, when, where that happens. I'm not going to go into that now. It is something that Jesus himself promised us. In John chapter 14, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever. The Spirit with you and will be in you. So in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit... We are partners with God. The Holy Spirit is not only God with us, but God in us, with all the power and the strength that he brings. So on this Trinity Sunday, we too can be caught up into the full nature of the three-in-one with love, with grace, and with fellowship. Let's pray. Holy Trinity, in whose name we worship, give us such love that alone and together, today and every day, we may reverence the Father, radiate the presence of the Son, and live in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Holy God, faithful and unchanging, Enlarge our minds with the knowledge of your truth and draw us more deeply into the mystery of your love that we may truly worship you, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
Thanks for listening. You can email us at allgospelnogerms at stlukesholbeck.org.uk or follow us on Twitter for news and updates where our handle is gospelnogerms. God bless and take care.